What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. On this show, we give you all the information, habits, and strategies you need to live a long, healthy, and happy life. Do you want to build muscle, lose body fat, have strong joints, feel good, move in every single direction, and just be strong in all those directions? You asking me personally? I'm asking you. Of course. Everybody following along at home. Then you need to move full through a full range of motion. Uh, Mac and I have been hitting a few different gyms lately. And it's funny how we get caught in our own little bubble of exercise and fitness. And then we see other people doing their version of exercise and fitness. And I just want to help them a lot. <laughs> but it's definitely not your place, right? Is no. that how you feel? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's nice having pointers. And like, I was working out the other day and one of the trainers at the gym come up and gave me a few pointers on some deadlifts, which was actually quite nice. I've, I haven't had somebody give me pointers on my form in a long time. Mm. So it was quite nice. But then other people in the gym, they might get offended sometimes if I walk up, some strange dude giving them... <laughs> some big bulky meathead. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're doing it wrong. Do it this way. People just take it the wrong way. And what I mean by this is squatting. So let's just use squatting, for example, because I've seen a lot of good squats over the last few weeks. Um, squatting f- through the full range of motion. So that's going to look different for everybody. Everybody has different injuries, abilities, the hip makeup on everybody's different, all that sort of stuff. So it's as full range as you can possibly do. Um, but what happens is people load up the barbell on a back squat and it gets to the point where they're hardly moving at all. We've all seen it. Like You might be able to squat full depth with an empty barbell, but then as soon as you get a little bit heavier, it's not as deep, a little bit heavier, not as deep. And then by the time you get to the end, you're 1RM, your hips are creasing, and that's about it. Um, so full range does help your body a lot adapt to different stresses. So think about it. If you're squatting 100 kilos, is it better to do it through the full range and move as much as possible or just a little bit? Full range, obviously. Uh, but not only that, it helps with your joints. So sending your joints, so your knee and your ankle and your hips through as much range as possible and deep into that squat, it just makes them stress a little bit good stress um and it strengthened it does help strengthen them up over a long period of time and then that's obviously where you know when we get into old age your knees and joints and everything are going to be healthy and happy Mm. i just forgot like going to what do you what do you call them 24-hour gyms Mm. just yeah gyms um Oh, yeah, like how you said at the start, we get stuck in our bubble. It's just made me realize that like selling a gym program alone, which is what we tried to do at the end of last year, is definitely not what the general population needs, Mm. right? Mm. Because like there was a lot of trainers at the gym we went to this week and a lot of bad form. And obviously they can't, there's only so many times they can correct someone before they get the shits probably. With their form but i don't know i just if i was starting out i would definitely want somebody to tell me if i'm doing it right because otherwise am i wasting my time like if i was to start 
went to the gym, just got a program online and started exercising and my form was shocking, I would definitely want to know. Mm. And I would want someone that can always check it and always sort of keep me on track and make sure that I'm actually doing it right so I can get the most out of the exercise, right? And this is the first time you've worked out with mirrors? Oh my goodness, yes. So before now, before I guess this year really, we've been like CrossFit and then a small boutique gym, which was pretty private and there was no mirrors. And now we've been going to, yeah, 24 hour gyms, which is I guess where most people go and there's mirrors everywhere and it, it's freaking weird. <laughs> but it is nice to see my form and make sure that I'm symmetrical and I don't know, it's almost motivating to be like, yeah, I can see my muscles, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's always been this argument, especially obviously the CrossFit realm against the 24-hour gym, the bro people, bodybuilding realm, and it's obviously mirrors versus mirrors. You can't have mirrors, you shouldn't need mirrors. Mirrors are the best coaching tool, period. Yeah. Like, the next best thing would be recording yourself on your phone and watching it back. But mirrors, because you just get in real time. Yeah, like, I was going to say that. As you squat, you can watch and see if your knees are caving in. And correct it as you go, right? Correct it as you go. You can see if your hips shifting to one point, uh, one side. As you come out of the bottom of the squat, you can see if you're pushing to the one side or you're twisting as you come up. They're such a good coaching tool for the coaches but and the client or the person doing the exercise. So little tip out there for everybody, just... Look at yourself in the mirror as you're doing any exercise and just use it to correct your form. Mm. Like if you can, like range, uh, like I said at the start, range is the best thing, but probably just alongside that is form. So perfect form and as much range as possible and you'll get crazy results. I think having a mirror too also really increases your mind-body connection. Mm. Right? Like you can see, feel, and move your body all at the same time. So it's like you're really in your body when you're watching yourself do it in the mirror. Mm. And I really liked that. But I also like, it was kind of weird because I think that a lot of people avoid making eye contact with themselves. So I'm like, am I like peacocking if I'm just watching myself work out in front of the mirror? You know what I mean? <laughs> 24 hour gyms are weird. I'm still getting used to it. Yeah, it's definitely. It's just a different vibe, like everybody's, it's it's good and bad, like a good in a way because I probably had one of the best workouts I've had in a long time in that gym because everybody's just got their earphones in, everybody's doing their own thing. True, there's no distractions. There's no distractions, like I probably had, yeah, one of the best workouts I've had just because I could get so connected to the exercises, I could take my time, I wasn't feeling rushed, we didn't have a time limit on it, so I could just get everything I needed to get done and did it perfectly yeah and i had a great workout uh so yeah definitely obviously if you're going for a different vibe and you're, you're doing a hard workout like a crossfit wad or something like that yeah it's a bit awkward you wouldn't want to be doing <laughs> it there but that's why you've got crossfit gyms as well i guess so yeah before we move on to the next topic on the note of like talking about full range of motion and stuff mm -hmm. like that um I've been spending a bit more time with my nan because we're visiting my family at the minute. And the more time that I spend with her, the more I desperately, desperately want to make sure that I keep exercising <laughs> and keep lifting weight and keep eating healthy. Because 
what, she's nearly 80, I'm pretty sure. And she's not in the greatest shape. Like she struggles to get out of her chair. She can't do steps anymore. She struggles to walk three meters. Like movement in general is a struggle. And I so desperately do not want to get to that point. Mm. But she said something to me that I thought was very interesting that maybe was a light, maybe will be a light bulb moment for a few listeners. And she said, it's just the cards I was dealt. That's the reason I'm in the shape I am. That's the reason my body's the way it is. I couldn't choose to be like this. It's not fair. Um, my neighbor up the road's 10 years older than me and she still walks around the block and does aerobics and everything. And it's just the cards I was dealt. See, she got dealt better cards than me because she can do all of this stuff and I got dealt bad cards. And I was like, wow, that is definitely not the case. But like, you can't tell her now. She's so set in her ways. But yeah, I don't know. I think obviously most of us would be around elderly people often, or if not just sometimes, just notice their habits. Like, do they still participate in sports? Do they still walk? Like, what's their diet like? Do they sit around on the couch all day? And then also notice the shape that they're in in relation to the activities that they're doing mm. because i think that that is like to see that in real life like you hear us talk about longevity longevity all the time right but then to go and actually see what happens to the human body when you don't exercise it's kind of scary yeah very and we have we all have access to the same deck of cards it's Ooh. just what you choose to pick out yeah exactly um, and I've got a client that's a similar age to your nan and he's absolutely killing it. <laughs> yes, that's like, true. She sent me a message last night and she was stoked because she got her record of over 10,000 steps for the day. Like she tracks her steps, she's active as possible just to just to stay active and be healthy. And yeah, she was stoked yesterday because she got over 10,000 steps. And I mean, how great is her quality of life now mm. compared to like my nan's quality of life who just sits at home and knits? Whereas this client is doing like competing with dogs. That's a client yeah. you're talking about. Um, doing hikes and walks and lawn yep. bowls and group walks, like so many things. And she just come back probably five months ago now, had serious back surgery. Like probably the... Like, a full vertebrae replacement, which is huge back surgery. And we're yeah. five months out and she's still doing all this stuff. So again, you choose, you can choose the cards that you pull out of the deck. Yeah. It's just whether you pick them up and use them or not. All right. Next. We, it was funny. I, I swear the phone gods are listening to our conversation because we literally had this oh, conversation the other day about how hard it is to get enough protein when you're vegan mm -hmm. and it is so we've tried it uh when we first moved to Ulladulla we tried to go vegan no, and no, not no. eat meat Did, oh yeah I suppose we were vegan because we never I couldn't eat dairy anyway yeah well it, it was just we we're just trying to do yeah cut out meat and dairy or any animal products really and it was very hard yes I hated it I was actually having this conversation with a friend in the gym about how hard it is to get your protein intake in especially if you're trying to build muscle mm. and how he was saying he had to end up eating like six meals a day so that he could get enough calories because it also cuts your calorie intake almost in half right yeah 100 percent. like it was i i didn't enjoy it because same thing you had to eat so much just to get enough calories but also try and get enough protein like 
and you just feel huge all the time. Bloated as, because the main source of plant protein is like legumes and beans mm. and they just bloat you. And if you have to have them three times a day, that's, yeah, you're just walking around feeling like a and, balloon. And it shits you because you're doing all this hard work in the gym and we were training pretty hard at the time and you just look fat. Yeah. Literally. Just because, yeah, you, you feel huge. And so, again, coming back to why I brought this up, then I come across this protein that was um, come across in a feed somewhere or something. I can't remember how I come across it, but it is whey protein that has no animal products. product. Like It doesn't come from an animal. So there's no animals involved in the making of this whey protein. So as everybody knows, whey protein is a byproduct of milk and then cheese. And then, so when they put the milk in the vats to make the cheese and all that sort of stuff, whey protein basically is whatever's left over. They make it into a powder. Back in the 70s, I think, or 80s, somebody realized it was very high in protein. And then there was this industry just starting to boom, bodybuilding industry. Bodybuilding, yeah. And they're like, I reckon I could sell this to these. And that's how it started. Wow. And from there, it is turned into literally a multi-billion dollar worldwide industry. Just through that powder, some guy thinking, oh, maybe I can sell this to these bodybuilder guys. So whey protein obviously comes from animals. And vegans generally won't eat whey protein because it is from an animal. So now you have a whey protein that is 100% whey protein. It is whey protein, but it has no animals involved. How? Exactly. So, Did you find out? I hope you found out. Yes, I've got it here. <laughs> um, so we all know, we, we, those long-time listeners will know that we spoke about meat. What was that doco called that we watched on What What Disney Do You Eat Plus? Next? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that doco went into... The future of meat, really, didn't it? Yeah. Because the environment eventually is going to break down and we're not going to have enough animals that we can eat, right? Mm. So there's scientists out there trying to genetically engineer more meat that has the same amount of protein as real meat for when the world runs out of protein. Yeah. So is that what they've done with this protein powder? So, sorry, every time I go to pull things up. It disappears on me. You must be more organized. So how we do it. So there's three steps in how they do it. To make animal-free whey protein, microflora are given a extract copy of DNA combining to cow milk protein. So microflora is bacteria, gut bacteria. Yep. To a copy of a DNA strand of milk it's fermented in tanks the flora grazes on the flora food and converts it to animal free milk protein wow so the dna that it uses isn't is also made in the lab yeah in the final step the flora is filtered out leaving pure animal free whey that is identical to protein found in cow's milk. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, it's basically milk grown in a lab, but then again, they've processed it to have whey from it, which is, again, is that good or bad or? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I stand on the whole processed meat thing, right? Like, because everyone's focus is getting the adequate, like, macronutrients, so like protein intake in the, what would you call it, genetically engineered food, mm. but also... Do they add like the micronutrients as well, like the vitamins and minerals? Yeah, that was gonna like I on the when I first heard of this, I was like, hell yeah, this is actually gonna be really good because it can be super clean. It's made directly for this, so there's no bad stuff in it, and your body should absorb it better. But then I'm again same thing. I'm thinking that the cows eat like you know if you you know. Does it, is it the same protein because it doesn't come from the cow? Like Yeah, like the cows eat the grass and the grass grows from the nutrients that are in the soil and then their muscles is grown by what they eat and then we eat that. So it's like you almost miss a whole step, yeah. maybe. I'm not yeah. really sure. It's, it's one of those things. It's, I think it's great that it is around Yeah. because, you know, like in that doco I brought up at the start, meat is starting to disappear cows you know the whole one of the episodes was all about mass farming of cows and other animals is probably not good for us and not good for the planet and not good for the animals and that is a big reason why a lot of people do go vegan yeah so there's going to be less available availability to milk and cheese and meat and all that sort of stuff because there's less cows which is a good thing but if they're also making meat in the lab and making protein, all that sort of stuff, because protein is essential for human health. Mm -hmm. So protein is very important. So if they can make protein like this and it's easily available, um, I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. What I, what I didn't look up is how much it is. So is it in comparison to... Um, normal protein powders. So we normally have true protein, which is about 60 or $70 for a kilo bag. Um, I don't know which one they're advertising. I do guess that this protein powder, like for vegans, is better than no protein. Like even if it's not the best and it's not the most absorbable for the human body, at least people that follow a vegan diet can still get a source, a good source of protein in, right? Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing because as we know, like a client actually asked this a few weeks ago, pea protein. Yeah, I was going to ask. Because he's like, oh, what about protein? He's like, oh, there's a fair bit of uh, protein in one scoop of the protein. I'm like, yeah, but there's about 1.111 gram of protein in one pea. So imagine how many peas you have to actually break down to get 30 grams of protein. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of peas just to get 30 grams of protein. So it's heavily processed just to get protein out of them. Again, it's like, you know, it's, is it good or bad whether it's processed? I don't know. Um, I just, you know. There's I'd, better options. Yeah. So for somebody to be able to now have whey is without the animal cruelty and all that sort of stuff attached to it, I think that's a really good thing for vegans. Yeah. If any vegans are listening and you've heard this conversation, would you try the protein? What were you going to say? Um, I lost it. Um, 23 or 24 ounces 
I'll just convert that real quick. Do you know how much protein is in like a scoop as well? 20 grams, which oh, yeah. is comparable. Yeah, pretty standard. Also, I did, when I very first met Jack, I was having pea protein because it's just what I found at Woolies. Do you remember that? When no. I lived next door to the gym. Um, but boy, it, it bloated the crap out of me. I don't know. And it tasted, it's just like green. It's kind of like greens powder. So imagine having greens powder just, but worse, greens powder mixed with dirt and water. Like that's what it tastes like. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? I guess you could put it in a smoothie, but I mean, I don't know. If you're spending a lot of money on it, you want it to be as enjoyable as possible, right? And like, and you run that risk with any protein powder. Like, yeah, tr we use True Protein because it is the most delicious and easy to absorbable. Some protein powders make you fart and gargle in the belly and all that sort of stuff. So it is about five hundred grams for a for a container and that's forty dollars oh i don't know if that's us or australian either so it is quite expensive but i could Im i can imagine that give it a couple of years and this will be so easy to make it'll be so cheap yeah and hopefully it stays good and you don't need much room like compared to having cows and stuff like that like it doesn't need much room to have a good production line mm. i guess yeah um and that's the thing like <laughs> Whey protein is always going to be there because it is a product byproduct of making cheese and milk, uh, yogurts and all that sort of stuff. So it's always going to be there. The why is that so? Like to give that, that a bit of a competition, it's, the whole protein industry is going to obviously come down in price, which it makes it more available for everybody. True. So yeah, interesting. Watch this space. Are we going to try it? Uh, I don't even know if we can get it in Australia yet. Probably See, not. It's most of the case with good, decent supplements from the US. All right, let's move on. Listen to questions. What do you got? Yes, okay. I just selected one from my question box this week, and it is what foods fill you up but are low in calories? I am trying to cut my calories to lose a little bit of body fat. So, good question. Mm, obviously, been listening to the podcast for a few months because we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, I feel like I repeat myself with this, with clients, with people, with friends all of the time because we just don't get taught the value of food, right? Mm. So if we were taught the value of food, we would know what foods are low in calories and what foods fill you up, what gives you more bang for your buck, what foods are super calorie dense. Because I often see people that are trying to lose weight and they're eating quote unquote healthy, which is great but they're not eating low foods that are low in calories. So a prime example would be someone trying to lose weight and having like yogurt and muesli for breakfast, mm. very high in calories. Granola. Granola, good, yeah. yes. Um, just a bunch of nuts and dried fruit as a snack, very high in calories, doesn't fill you up at all. Mm. Like there's a lot of examples like that where yes, those foods are healthy, but they're not gonna help you lose weight. Which yeah, I feel like there's a disconnect there. A lot of people think if I'm healthy, I'll lose weight, which that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, um, it just I don't know what popped in. It's like chicken thighs and chicken breast. A lot of people think chicken thighs are unhealthy because they're higher in calories. It's not necessarily unhealthy. There's just a little bit more fat, fat on it, which yeah. is 
fine for you, but it's just higher in calories than a chicken breast because chicken breast has no fat on it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm just going to give like a quick list of like my top five foods that I would suggest that would probably help manage hunger if you're trying to eat in a calorie deficit because they fill. You want foods that fill the physical space of your stomach, right? Mm -hmm. So they make you feel full, but the calorie value is slightly lower. So first, fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. obviously. I feel like that's a no-brainer, right? They're low in calories, super high in fiber, super high in vitamins and minerals, so they obviously fill the space in your stomach. Next, probably legumes, like beans, lentils, chickpeas, because they do have some protein in them, so they're slower digesting, so you feel fuller for longer. They also have fiber, so they're slower, slower digesting carbs. Um, but like, I wouldn't rely on them as your source of protein for a meal. If you're trying to lose weight, mm. because they do have a little protein, maybe like good to add to salads and stuff like that. The other one is whole grains. I don't know what it is about rice and oats and quinoa and brown rice, all of the whole grains, you know, for some reason people think that they make you fat. Carbs. Carbs make you fat, make you fat right? But they're actually... We're joking when we say yeah, that, just yeah. to clarify. <laughs> Here's the that, sarcasm. That's a, that's a, that was very sarcastic. <laughs> um, but like they are a great source of fiber. So they do make you feel a lot more full, especially if you compare them, pair any of the things that I just previously listed. So fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains. If you compare any of those three things with another source of protein, preferably... Mm meat protein because the the first three that i listed are going to fill the space in your stomach and the protein is going to digest extremely slowly so it makes you feel very satisfied and fuller for longer and then the very last thing that i think is probably a no-brainer but soups and salads mm. right because yeah. they're both pretty water dense yep they're both relatively low in calories, especially if you don't have like a piece of sourdough on the side of your soup. Takes a long time to eat. Takes, yes, does take a long time to eat. So you can actually feel like your hunger and fullness cues, feel when you're actually satisfied. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're probably my top five suggestions. Fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, lean protein if you can, because lean protein is generally just going to be a little lower in calories. And then soups and salads. Mm. Do you think that there's anything else? No, I just trying to, I recall one conversation I had with a client, like he was blown away when I said, I just have like pre-cooked chicken. Like I'll just bake chicken in the oven, flavored chicken. So just chop up some chicken breast, crumb it in certain flavor. And then it's just in the fridge. And when I do feel snacky and that sort of stuff, I'll just have one of the tenders that I've made. Um, obviously all protein is going to fill me up. And it just gives you like it like, just feels like you've eaten something as yeah. well when it's meat. Um, so just have one of those is like one thing I like to do. Super helpful. And I think if you are in a calorie deficit and you're trying to lose weight, it's very, um, what's the word, like overlooked about paying attention or mindful eating when you're eating like the foods that we just listed because... I have noticed being at my mum's house, there's always the news on and the TV is always on and it's always very loud. And then I'll catch myself eating dinner and I'm just like inhaling mm. it. 
And I'm like, wow, what is wrong with me? Because <laughs> when it's just Jack and I by ourselves, our house is very calm. It's very quiet. I don't know. And like you would have heard me say before on the podcast, if you're a regular listener, that it takes me a solid 30 minutes to eat a meal. Whereas here, I don't know, there's so many distractions and I'm just like shoveling the food in and then I finish dinner and I'm looking for something else, which I also never do because I'm just not paying attention to what I'm eating. So I think that, yes, consider all the foods that I just listed, listed, but also consider your environment, especially when you're trying to reduce your calorie intake. Mm. Yeah. Um, one thing I will add on to that as well is just focus on protein. Um, more and more studies are coming out now about fat loss. So if you're trying to lose body fat in that calorie deficit, protein is the most important thing because you want to preserve muscle because your body will sometimes break down muscle for fuel before it actually starts using fat, depending on exercise and genetics and all that sort of stuff. So make sure you're getting enough protein and over-consume protein in that calorie deficit and you'll maximize your results. Look good, feel good, right? Exactly. Awesome. Well, that little question just made me very hungry, so let's end <laughs> it there so I can have something to eat. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. As always, if you do get something out of this episode's episode or any other episode, share it with a friend or family member. All you need to do is copy the link, send it to a friend, family member, say, have a listen to this. One good topic, especially if they're a vegan. We'd love to hear from you guys about the protein, whether you would have it or not. And it does help this podcast grow. As I always say, podcasts generally grow from word of mouth and it has been growing massively over the last six months. So I can't thank you all enough for sharing it uh, and continue sharing it and we'll just give you all the love. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye.